it's great to be here today, and uh, y'all know me, because Pastor Chad just introduced me, I'm Joe, Papa Joe, Pastor Joe, just Joe, um, but I don't know, I know some of you, but not all of you, so if you're able, please, please rise, if you could, and I'm going to ask you, on the count of three, um, tell me your first name, <laughs> play it, play along, um, so on the count of three, say out loud your first name, okay, one, Two, three. Awesome. One more time. I'll get it. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Now, as you remain standing, on the count of three, tell me the name of your Savior. One, two, three. Hallelujah. I, I got that one loud and clear. Tell me, tell me the, the name of him who casts off all your sins, washes you cleaner than snow. And three. One, two, three. Jesus. Hallelujah. One more time. Tell me the name of him who came to give himself for us that we might have life and that we might have life into eternity. One, two, three. Jesus. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Thank you. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And don't you love worshiping with with brothers and sisters who are from different backgrounds. Of course, we have, we have different experiences that lead us to this very moment in time. But we're all brothers and sisters in the family of Christ when we've called on the name of Jesus as our Savior. Can anybody say amen? Amen. 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 Make no mistake about that. As Pastor Chad said, I'm uh, privileged to serve um, at our campus up at Northridge Community Church in Alanson. And um, on behalf of our brothers and sisters up there, I uh, bring, bring greetings and uh, thank you for the, the warm fellowship that we all enjoy uh, with one another, one church in three locations. Um, I'd also be remiss if I didn't um, say thank you. You all know that we're in a time now where we're, we're, uh, we're having a drive uh, to make a spot for everyone. Not just a parking spot, though that's important, but make a spot for everyone where everyone would have a spot when they come into, into the fellowship of believers that they would feel at home. Where they, they come in and they, they lift up the name of Jesus and worship and praise, as we've done today. Right, Andy and the worship team today, and they do an awesome job of leading us into the presence of God to worship Him today. Amen. And the, and the format is very similar at, at Northridge and East Jordan. We'll come in and we'll join in worship. And, um, and it's our, our talented and our gifted worship leaders and the team that they assemble that, that do that very special task to lead God's people into the throne room of God himself. And so as we, as we have this time where we're having the, the fundraiser, the, the um, the, the collection or whatever we would call it, um, the, the spot, make a spot for everyone. Our goal is 150000 And don't you know that after last week, the first week of, of the, the main push, um, we, we received $51,000. Amen? And that's generosity. That's the generosity of Christ himself. And, and the, and the great, great news is that we do have $51,000 now to replace what has been um, taken out of the savings to 
um, to pay for that property that everyone up north would have a place to park and come into worship. Um, now we still have work to do because there's 99. Um, I, I'm not a great. I'm not great with anything of of, of math at all. But even me, even I can figure out that if you take 51 away from uh, 150, you have what? 99. 99. So we're still we're still looking for 99,000 uh, that has to be uh, has to be collected here within the within the next period of time. And um, it's not going to be any hard pressure or hard sell. Just pray about it. That's all our board is asking of us. Pray about it. And as the Lord leads, because we know that Jesus is the most generous person who ever walked the face of this earth. Amen? And we're created in the very image of Jesus. And we seek to walk in his way. So pray about this. Um, and we'll, we'll have different uh, methods. But, but pray about how the Lord would use you to, um, to build up his church. Um, and it's an awesome thing to consider we, we don't have a parking problem here at Walloon, right? I don't know if anybody had to look for a parking space today. Down at East Jordan, they, they have a very similar problem to what we have up in Alanson. East Jordan has a very, very limited amount of spots to park in. And that's why we need another vehicle. If anybody has it laid on their heart to, to donate such a vehicle, a, a van or, or, or something that could hold uh, seven people or more, for different outreaches, but especially for shuttles when the when the uh, when the um, weather turns. And our brothers and sisters in East Jordan were, and this just blows me away. When the body of Christ starts living like the body of Christ should, isn't that amazing? Don't you love that, or is that only me? I I know that y'all must love that. If you love Jesus, you love when His body acts like Jesus would have His body act. And the people up at Alance or at um down at, North, at East Jordan, are struggling with the exact same problem. Yet they voted 100%, 100%, no negatives, no nays, to collect funds for, for Northridge up in Alanson. And that, that blows us away up there, to know that you know there's folks even now that are maybe struggling, walking from there where they're parking in East Jordan, and, and here they are contributing um, Hard-earned hard funds, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. We learned that from little up, and um, it's just an amazing thing, and it's such a blessing to to be part of a family that lives like a family who loves one another, in spite of our warts, you know, in spite of our weakness and foibles. We do love one another with a with a love that was first given to us by our our Savior Jesus. Well, if you've been here. Um, and are a member or a regular visitor, you know that our summer series um, is entitled The Grace Impact. How does grace impact you? And, and as we were thinking of what, what should we name this series, we were thinking, well, maybe impact is too strong of a, a term, you know, where impact usually means that somebody got hit. Well, have you got hit in the face with the grace of Jesus yet? Because that's the impact we're talking about. And that's a good impact, and that's where we all want to be. That's where we all want to live. That's where we all want to dwell. And so this is the eighth week of our summer series. And up, up north in uh, Alanson, I've challenged the folks up there, uh, look for opportunities to be amazed by God's grace. And I'm going to ask, has anybody been amazed by God's grace recently? Sometimes it takes, because we get, so, we get so comfortable with God's grace, don't we? 
You know, but we don't want we don't want to get to that point where it doesn't amaze us anymore. Because every single day, I, I guarantee, if your eyes are open and your heart is open to receive and perceive, that you will be amazed over and over and over again. As Pastor Chad prayed earlier this morning about John Newton, who wrote uh, the the great hymn "Amazing Grace," who went from being a slave trader, the owner and captain of of a slave ship to falling down on his face, asking for forgiveness, receiving Christ in his heart as Lord and Savior, and then writes these words, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found as blind, but now I see. Well, I look out and I see a whole bunch of good folks, but I know how I can internalize this. I'm a wretch. I'll tell you that right now. On my own, I'm a wretch. I'm blind. I'm blind to the things of the Lord. But God's amazing grace is what opens even my eyes to see this awesome work that God, God's doing in our midst. The things that He's prepared for those who love Him and call on His name. Well, as I was, I, I was given a book years ago, one of those little gift books, you know the kind, they're like, they're like this, and you can usually buy them either at the Hallmark store or maybe at the Christian bookstore. And I was given this book many, many years ago. And then I was trying to remember, um, as I was preparing for um, our time together today, some of, the, some of these quotes. And, that, and so I thought, well, if I look it up on, on the Internet, maybe I'll find it. And don't you know, I found every single one of them. Um, you know, we can find so many things um, when, we, when we have the desire to look there. But this is a group of four to eight-year-olds, some kids. You know, maybe they were Awana kids. Uh, maybe they were Sunday school kids. Um, and, you, and you know, I'm going to tell you what, yet once again, you've heard it from, you heard it from John and the video. Um, you heard it from the, the video itself. And then you heard it from Dorothy, our, uh, our children's director. Awana is an awesome way to make a difference in the life of a child. And you might not even see it but maybe 5, 10, 15 years from now, that child's going to remember the Bible verse that you lovingly spent time with them to memorize. And if they can't memorize it, to repeat it. You know, and I'm speaking from experience because um, Brother David Hissong and, and I have been Awana leaders. He was the leader of our group and I was there as his because I'm not, I'm not really um, equipped to be an Awana leader. It does, it does take some organization and that's not my greatest skill. But, um, but you get to know these boys, and the greatest thing is that they know the love of Jesus. Well, don't you know that I was pulled out of that um, position of helping in Awana to be a pastor up at Northridge, just like that. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but Awana is good. The Lord's going to lead you where you might not see yourself going. But the love of Jesus now leads us to this quote, these quotes, where these, these, these four to eight-year-olds um, were asked, Give us the meaning of love. What does love mean? And then there was this little girl named Rebecca. She said, when my grandma got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. Uh, now my grandpa does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. Wouldn't you say? I would say that's love. Uh, here, here goes from a little boy named Carl. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shave lotion, and they go out and smell each other. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's puppy love. And then, and then there's a, 
uh, a little boy named Nika. That might be a little girl, I don't know. Um, but, but they said, if you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Right? Start with a friend who you hate. Try loving them a little bit better. And that would be a good exercise, right? That would be a very good exercise. And then finally, this little boy, Billy, said, when someone loves you, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know your name is safe in their mouth. That's love. And I would say that right there um, mirror images the love of Jesus. We know that the Lord Jesus knows our name. He knows each one of us and he loves us. He knows us by name and he loves us anyway. And our names are safe in his mouth. Amen? Amen. Isn't the Lord awesome? Isn't the Lord awesome in his grace today? Amen. Amen. I can't tell you enough. The love of Jesus is the single most, the one greatest gift you'll ever receive in your life here on this earth. The love of Jesus is the single most, the, the one greatest gift that you'll ever receive while you're here on this earth. And by definition, grace is a gift given which you don't deserve. A gift given which you could never, ever earn. And so that being said, the love of Jesus then is the foundation of all grace. We can't have true grace without the love of Jesus in our hearts and working within us. And it's like one leads to the other. You can't really have one without the other. You can't have the grace of the Lord without first having the love of Jesus in your heart. And you really can't have the love of Jesus in your heart if you don't have the grace of Jesus working in your life. And don't you know that the Lord loves us, each and every one, so much that He wants us to be filled to the overflowing with His grace. It's His joy. Now, this is biblical. It's His joy. It's the joy of the Lord Jesus to love you. Myron, it's the joy of the Lord Jesus to love you individually more than you can ever imagine. That gives him joy. Pastor Chad, it's the, it's the joy of the Lord Jesus to give you an awesome love that's unconditional. It's unconditional. And that's where we're going to spend the remainder of our time this morning, thinking about the awesome grace and love of the Lord Jesus. I know there's some mighty good folks in here, but if we could earn God's grace, if we could earn His love, there would have been no need at all for the Lord Jesus to come and pay the price. Amen? And so as you're able, please rise with me and, and let's either turn your phones or your Bibles or look on the overhead here uh, to Romans 8. And we're going to look at verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, 
For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. May we unite our hearts in prayer. Holy Heavenly Father, as we gather today in your awesome presence in the name of Jesus, by your invitation, Lord, we unite our hearts now and ask that you would overwhelm each one of us each one of your children here, overwhelm us with your Holy Spirit, that we would better understand your love, your grace, and respond to it better than we, than we ever have before. Lord, there's some here who are, are struggling, difficulties in their life. Lord, there's some here who are distracted, busyness or, or uh, just personal things. And that may be sure that you could possibly love them. But there's also uh, many here who are in a personal relationship with you, Lord, and we thank you. And Lord, those who are in personal relationship with you already, those who are searching, we desire today more of what you have already given us. Lord, more than we have already received. So Lord, we pray that you would cleanse the thoughts of our hearts and our minds that we all may receive your true, pure word. In the precious name of Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. As we read these words, um, y'all heard of C.S. Lewis, right? C.S. Lewis, this uh, great uh, apologist and evangelist who at one time was a uh, he vacillated between an agnostic and an atheist and then became a tremendous believer and uh, proclaimer of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he looked at scripture and especially the epistles and he says the epistles that are written, the letters that are written in the New Testament are like the Himalayas. They'll lift you up to where you have never been before. And he looked at Romans and he says this indeed is the point of, of the highest that you'll ever grow. And chapter 8 especially, he says this is love like Mount Everest. The Mount Everest of our faith tells us there is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. And uh, the Mount Everest, the high point of Jesus, tells us that the Holy Spirit will intercede for us when we no longer even know what to pray. You ever been there? Just don't know what to pray? Well, it's good news, brothers and sisters, that the Lord Jesus himself his Holy Spirit will intercede to God Almighty that we indeed would have hope, not because of our goodness, not because of our, our intelligence, not because even of the strength of our faith, but because He loves us that very much. As we read today, God's love for you is immeasurable. His grace towards you is immeasurable. You cannot put boundaries on it, right? There is absolutely nothing stronger in all of creation, 
understand the love of God, which is given to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus would say, there's nothing in all creation that is stronger than my love for you. Individually. That's something to get your arms around, isn't it? Amen? That's something that you got to grasp. You have to begin to grapple with that. If you're not doing it yet, don't go another day without doing it. This is the entry point into our life change through the grace of Christ when we begin to understand His awesome love for us. And it's awesome. And it's indelible. And there's nothing we could ever do to, um, to change that. And there's nothing in all of creation that could ever interfere with that. You know, over the ages, mankind has attempted to put some type of measurement on just about everything. Think about that for just a minute. Some type of measurement we've tried to, and, and, and been very successful. Like, for instance, time. You know, we have, uh, we have a clock which tells us seconds, minutes, uh, hours, and then a complete, uh, if it was a 24-hour clock, a complete revolution would be one day, right? And then we have days, months, season, years. And there's been different calendars, but the Gregorian calendar, which we use, I mean, they got it figured out pretty much to the point where they, they know that um, every fourth year we got to insert another day into February, this, this, this month that came up short as we were doling out days. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome to me, isn't it? Um, we have atomic clocks that tick perfectly and get our Greenwich Mean Time from there. And we, we measure depth, right? There's, and, and I'm not sure quite how you could do this. Like somebody stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and drop your, your tape measure all the way down. Somebody like Chad down the bottom catching up. What's it say? Oh, it says about we're averaging about one mile deep here. That's it. That's it. The, Grand, the Grand Canyon averages uh, one mile deep. I think at its widest it's about 18 miles, maybe 27 or 29 miles along. Um, the... Uh, Lake Superior. Has anybody been up on Lake Superior? I know the Hisongs were just up there, right? Joel was up there. That's a great place. And if you want to go swimming and feel refreshed, that's the place. <laughs> I'm telling you. And it's handy. But, but Lake Superior at its deepest point is 1,332 feet. Now that's pretty deep, right? That's the kind of depth that would scare me. I mean, I don't even want to think about it. But then you think about the Pacific Ocean, right? The deepest spot in the entire Earth the deepest spot of the Pacific Ocean is 36,070 feet. I don't know with climate change where the waters are rising. Maybe it's, maybe it's up to 36,070 and a half feet by now. I don't know. But it's deep, right? That's, that's over five miles. It's like you drive through the water down, all the way down from here to Boyne City, right? And, and that's like now you're down there. You know, where nothing, light doesn't even get down in there. And height, the, the redwoods out in California, the sequoias, the, 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 the tallest standing remaining redwood is right around 37, 379.7 feet. So, you know, I guess that could be measured. Somebody could climb up there, you, you get your geometry out, and you figure out, oh, that, that's pretty, pretty easy to remember. Uh, Mount Everest, on the other hand, is 29,000. And 29 feet. And don't you know, did you, I don't know if you followed the news um, this past um, er, um, early summer, late spring, they were having traffic jams at the top of Mount Everest. Now, can you believe that? A traffic jam in Mount Everest. 
And there was actually, because, you know, the air is so thin up there, there's people that, that actually succumbed and lost their life as they were waiting in this tremendous traffic jam on Mount Everest. You know, that's, it's something to behold to think of that. Or distances. Y'all probably know how far you drove to church today, right? Like I know from, from our door to here is just about seven and a half miles. And if you're visiting with us today, you probably look maybe for the closest church. Or uh, maybe you saw us online. Or um, if you, you're a member, you probably know exactly how far it is from here to there. But the moon, um, you know, we just celebrated the, the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon. 238,900 uh, miles. That's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty far step, right? And the sun is 92 million point ninety six million miles away. Now, I, I don't know the first person that ever measured that, um, but they probably, they probably burst into flames before they got too close to the sun. And the Milky Way is 25,000 light years across. Now, a light year, just to remind you, a light year is 5.88 trillion miles. That's how far, that's how far light, light would travel in one year's time. 5.88 trillion miles. And the Milky Way is 25,000 light years away. And the farthest galaxy is 13.3 billion light years away. So take 13.3 um, billion light years and multiply it by um, 5.88 trillion um, miles. And then you'll know how far in miles um, that, that farthest, that most distant galaxy that they've been able to discover how far that is. And then there's, uh, then there's uh, the number of galaxies that have been discovered in the universe. You know, and science is saying, well, we're getting close to being able to discover the, the edge of the universe. Well, that ain't going to happen. But, but they say the, the, there's, two, there's two trillion galaxies in the universe. Two trillion galaxies. And I wonder, the young astronomer just graduated from college, came in for his first day on the job, um, you know, maybe working with the folks on the Hubble Space Telescope, and they say, okay, well, um, your first job that we want you to do is count how many galaxies uh, we have in the universe. What? <laughs> you look into the Hubble. Has, has anybody seen pictures, images from the Hubble Space Telescope? Especially since it was re, um, re uh, not built, but um, refurbished um, maybe 15 years ago. Um, it's 75% more clear now. I mean, there are some images that, are, that just blow your mind away. Well, let's look and see what God says about, about these stars, about these galaxies, about all these distant universes. And we're going to turn to um, Genesis in the beginning. We're going to look at chapter 1 and verse 16, where it says, God made two great lights, and you know God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? And John tells us that the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ himself, was in creation. He was, the, he was like the master work of creation. There was nothing created in creation that was not created by him. He created everything. So Jesus, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And this is almost like, oh, by the way, he made the stars. Really? Oh, yeah, it's like a throwaway verse. You know, he made the stars. And here we get so impressed 
by stars, and we look through the through the Hubble Space Telescope, or maybe maybe we're uh, amateur astronomers and and look up in our own telescopes. And I'm not saying it's not amazing; it is. It blows us away. Just think, the God who created that and everything else that we see is the God whose love for us cannot be taken away. The God whose love for you thinks so much more of you than everything else that He ever created. That He would say, you are the apple of my eye. The apple of my eye. So let's consider that the next time we lock eyes with, with someone. Let's consider that when we maybe meet a stranger for the first time or we see folks coming into the to the church for the very first time. We don't recognize them. Sometimes we're thinking, oh, they're probably charter members here. I'm going to go introduce myself and look like a fool. So what? I mean, I've looked like a fool so many times in my life. I'm immune to it now. If I'm going to be a fool, I'm going to be a fool for Jesus. Amen? I'm going to be a fool for Jesus. I'll be a rattling lunatic for Jesus if that's what he wants me to do. I might ask him if he wants me to do like he does for the, for the Old Testament prophets, some of the things that they had to do. You know, like run around naked or go into a den with lions. I say, Lord, you sure you want me to do that? <laughs> Nonetheless, he's the boss. If Jesus says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Amen? Let's get to that point. And so we get to this point now, and we realize that um, in creation, there's, one, there's only one of God's favorites in all of creation. Now we mentioned the redwoods, we mentioned the Grand Canyon, we mentioned the ocean. Um, if you've traveled to Europe and seen the, the Alps or the Matterhorn or any of these beautiful natural wonders of the world, um, they're nothing compared to you in God's sight. He would say, Lois, you are the most precious thing in, uh, in, in my heart right now. And if he had an iPhone, he'd pull it out and pull out photos and Look at it, says, look at it, I even got your picture right here. Amen. That's how much he loves us. You know that? Be convinced of that. Don't just think that. Don't just say, well, that would be nice, but I don't know how he could ever love me that much. That's a lie of the devil. I'm telling you that right now. That's a lie of the devil. Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. And you could never lose that love. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. It's unconditional grace. You know, and I guess um, we, try, we try to measure our love as humans, don't we? Well, we, we know there's like a book, and we might even say to our kids or, or our spouse, I love you to the moon and back. Anybody heard that one? I love you. And then you might up it to, I love you to the sun and back. Oh, yeah, well, I love you to the stars and back. Oh, yeah, well, I love you to the Milky Way and back. And you go back and forth, and you finally reach something that's maybe close to the end. So we do try to, to measure it. And in that, in our limited capacity and our limited capability, we show conditional love way too often. And conditional love can be measured, whether it's to the moon and back, the sun and back, the stars and back, whatever. Conditional love can be measured. And, and it breaks down like this. I love you because you fill in the blank. That's conditional love. I love you because you love me first. Well, we could say that to Jesus. But I love you because you treat me so the underlying meaning of that, as soon as you quit treating me well, right, it's on thin ice. And then, um, or we could say, um, I love you, I, I will love you until, right, I will love you until 
um, you, you quit taking care of me. I will love you until um, you don't clean the house anymore. I will love you until, um, until you uh, start arguing with me in front of people. Once again, that's conditional. Um, or I'll love you as long as, what, as long as I live, or as long as you love me. Those are maybe conditional measurements. The love of Jesus is unconditional. That means there's absolutely nothing we could do to earn it, to deserve it, and that in itself is the definition of grace. The grace of God that is immeasurable comes to us from Jesus. Jesus the Christ, our Savior. And as we, as we think of this, Jesus, as He's giving out love, it's not like He has a finite amount. It's not like Jesus says, well, I only have so much for each person, and I figured it out, how many people are, because I'm God after all. I know how many people have been born, how many will be born. And so there's an allotment you can have. No, no, that's not it at all. It's immeasurable. It's immeasurable. So if we were to look at... Um, 1 John chapter 3, the first verse of chapter 3 of 1 John says, How great is the love of the Father that the Father has what? Lavished. What does that word mean? Lavished. Poured out. Overwhelmed us. He's lavished us with this love that we would be called children of God. And that was, a, that was the point of, of a sermon a few weeks ago. Being adopted into God's family. A child of God. That's what identifies us. He lavishes us with love. He lavishes us with love. It's kind of hard, those of us who are parents or even grandparents, when our children act up, right? When they, when they go against what we know we've taught them not to do, right? And it's, it's kind of hard to, look, to lavish them with love. Oh, you know what? I'm so happy that you broke the rules. Let's stop and get us some ice cream at the Dairy Queen. Ah, come on. That ain't going to happen. Well, Jesus, while there is, there is a price for when we do break the rules, there is a price for sin. We'll pay, we'll pay the earthly price. You know, if we break the law, we're going to have to pay the ticket or we're going to have to pay the, the fine or maybe even spend some time in the huskow. Um, but that's, that's the earthly measurement. When we sin against the Lord and ask for forgiveness, what happens? Forgiven, wiped clean clean. So the love of Jesus that's so unconditional is lavished. And that's not a word I use very often. I don't know about you, but that's, that's just not in my normal vocabulary, lavish. I try to lavish my loved ones with love, but I really don't think of it like that. But know this, as Jesus, Jesus is seeking to lavish his love on and in each one of you he sees something that's so special about you that nobody else can see. We might see an image of it, or a, but not a shadow of it, but we can't really see the true you. Jesus does. He sees something so special, so unique about you, and he loves that. He loves that. No person has ever been created exactly the same. Amen? There's no person, no two people have ever been created exactly the same. Physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. He sees something in you that he loves. He just loves it so much. He accepts you as you are. That's good news, right? Jesus accepts you as you are. I'm telling you. He accepts you as you are. 
The good news, and maybe it's the bad news, is he won't leave you like that. You know, he's not going to leave you like that. Sometimes we've been through troubles, we've been through difficulties, we're so weak, we don't ever think we could stand up again. Sometimes we don't even want to get up out of bed. And sometimes we just feel so self-confident that we think, well, maybe I don't even need the Lord so much anymore. Everything's going good, the family's fine, the bank account is nice and flush. Um, that's a lie of the devil, too. He loves you as you are. He won't leave you like that. He'll pick you up when needed. He'll dust you off. He'll wash your wounds. He'll cleanse your heart. And you know why? We've been talking about it all morning. We haven't danced about it, but we've, 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 we've said it. You cannot lose God's love. You believe that? Can somebody say amen? You cannot lose God's love. And remember what we read, neither height nor depth nor principalities, nor angels nor demons, um, what's present or in the future. Nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus. But as I study that verse, I realize that maybe there is one thing in all creation that can separate me from the love of Jesus. And it's not Satan. And it's not any of the other things that we might come up against in our life. And as we say, you can never lose God's love Here's the caveat. You can refuse it. So you can refuse God's love. And you might say, what? <laughs> Why would I want to do that? What? what are you talking about, old man? How in the world could I ever lose God's love? Or however in the world could I ever refuse God's love? Who in their right mind would ever refuse the awesome love of the Lord? And I'd invite you now as I've said many times over the years, to take a spiritual inventory. The Lord knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows me better than I know myself. You know, I know myself pretty good, and I don't want anybody to see some of the stuff that I've thought, some of the stuff that I've done. I wouldn't want that playing on a screen behind my head. The Lord knows it. The Lord knows it. And in my spiritual inventory, I'll pray, Lord, please reveal any hurtful way in if there's anything in me that offends you or offends my brothers and sisters or maybe bring offense to somebody that doesn't know you yet, if I act self-righteous, if, if I'm not generous, if, I, if I'm spiteful or, or filled with rage, if I lose my temper all the time, Lord, I just pray that you would remove that from me, reveal it, that I might repent. That would be a spiritual inventory. And it would also highlight the moments of hallelujah times in our life. Hallelujah. We say hallelujah every day, right? How, can anybody say that? Hallelujah. hallelujah. Some of you can say that. Where is that. So you learned some Hebrew today. Hallelujah. That means praise the Lord. Can you ever praise the Lord enough? I can't, and I don't believe you can either. I don't think any of us can. Even when we're gathered together, we cannot praise the Lord enough. But we make our best attempt. So how do I refuse His love? How would I refuse His grace? By, by being filled with self. I'm self-reliant. I'm self-sufficient. I'm self-indulging. I'm self-important. I follow my own plan. God will direct me in some way, and I'll think, I don't think that's the best plan for me. Um, maybe you've done that. Um, lack of trust in the Lord. Maybe a lack of patience. We pray for something, and it's not forthcoming. And we think, well, I guess the answer is no. And then you just give up. Rather than be patient with the Lord, could be a lack of faith. 
any of those things. We could be stuck in, in uh, the bondage to addictions, bad habits. Um, now me, I'm addicted to comfort. You know, as the way I was raised, I love being comfortable. I love having a full tummy. I love being able to sit down on a nice cozy chair. I love being with people I love and who love me. That's true comfort. But sometimes comfort can get in the way, right? Why well, I'm so comfortable this morning. Who wants to, I'm not going to go to church. It'll be just as well, fine with me if I'm, if I'm sitting here today uh, worshiping the Lord. Right? And that's, that's good. That's good. But remember, as you worship the Lord at home, there's a whole other dynamic that we're missing if we're not gathering together, worshiping the Lord with brothers and sisters. And sometimes it's, you know, the almighty dollar. We're working too hard. We're, we're pinching our pennies so hard that Abraham Lincoln is wincing. You know, we, can't, we just can't let it go. And, we, and we, we're, we're the first thing every day, we're looking at the stock market and, and the returns from there. So if there's one thing in all creation that could separate me from the love of Jesus, he's standing in front of you today. It would be me. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't do it. If you catch yourself or if you've been doing that, Today's a new day. Don't do it anymore. Don't settle for junk. Don't settle for trash. Don't settle for garbage when there's eternal treasure to be had. You know, why would we, why would we want to eat out of the dump like so many people are forced to? Brothers and sisters in Haiti, in Peru, some of the third world countries, they, they, they find their meals out of the dump. Well, if we had a choice, and I'm sure if they had a choice, why would I do that instead of feasting at the banquet table of the Lamb. Not, not me. That's not my choice today. So you remember the greatest commandment. One day, uh, a, a teacher of the law came up to Jesus trying to teach him, and he's, or to trick him, and he says, uh, Master, or teacher, uh, what is the greatest commandment? And, you, and those of you that are Bible scholars know the answer to that, right? He says, oh, that's, he didn't say this, but you can read it in there. Well, that's an easy one. Love the Lord your God with all, all you have your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Right? And then without being asked, he says the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, that's, that's great. That is awesome. But you know, when Jesus says, love the Lord with, with all your heart, with everything you have, with all of your strength, he's not only saying, do as I command, but he's saying, do as I do. Do as I do for you. I've given you my all. I've given you my life. I've given you my blood. I've poured out my life for you. And I will continue to do that for you, each and every one. Brothers and sisters, we're not second-class citizens anymore. We are considered the children of the Most High God. And if it's not, let's start today, that that would make all the difference in the world. Amen? Amen. May we unite our hearts in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Lord, uh, we thank you for your awesome grace, your awesome love that could never, ever be measured. Lord, we pray for each one of us that we would all grow closer to you than, than ever before, closer to you by the time we leave our fellowship today than we were when we came in. Lord, we know that we can rely on you. We know that we can trust your hold and us, and we pray that you would remind us, Lord, to trust your hold on us more than we trust our hold on you. May we trust your hold. And we know that the devil will 
continue his battle against us. We know that he's working 24-7 trying to separate what can't be separated, but it won't stop him from trying. Lord, help us remember your unconditional love. Help us remember your awesome grace without measure. When temptation grows strong, Lord, we pray that you would lead us to the rock who is higher than us. Lord, we know that there's people here today that that are walking with you and have been for quite some time, and, and we thank you. We pray that they would have a tremendous blessing of knowing you even more. Lord, and there's some who are struggling. Lord, there's some who have been going through a very, very difficult time in their lives. And if there's anyone here now with eyes closed and heads bowed, if there's anybody here that would like to make a commitment to Christ, if there's anybody here that doesn't know the the infinite love of Jesus because of things that y'all might have done, mistakes you might have made. If that's you today, just raise your hand to the Lord. Nobody's looking. Just raise your hand to the Lord. We'll see and pray. But know the awesome love of Jesus is for you. And so, Lord Jesus, for those who are open in their hearts, maybe in a new way, we lift them to you and we lift ourselves along with them as we unite our hearts. Lord, sometimes we don't know where to turn and pray now and forevermore that we would know where to turn, that you alone are the answer for all of life's problems. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we love you, and we pray that you'd help us love you better. Help us love one another better, that the world would know we belong to you, now and always in the precious and the strong and the saving name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you.